Welcome to BSTEM Reviews. I'm your host, Brian, and today I'm being joined by two of our recurring guests, Etienne and Vincent, or as I like to call them, the bourgeois. <laughs> so, how y'all doing? Doing great yeah, this morning. Yeah. All yeah. right. I guess right. it's not morning anymore, technically. Well, but. <laughs> we're the noon right now, so, you know, it's sort of good morning in a way. I'm not a morning person, so, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah. So, we just, uh, on March 2nd, we attended the first fan viewing event for Matt Reeves' The Batman. And this film is very, something very interesting. It is a very different but yet familiar take on Batman. If anything, this feels like the most Batman movie out of all the Batman movies, in my humble opinion. And, you know, this film has really lingered on my mind for a long time. And I think that it has the right to do so. I think that this really questions a lot about how I think about Batman and a lot of people's perception on what Batman is, or at least how he's been interpreted in several past movies that we've discussed on our road to the Batman and stuff like that. So I just want to start off with a little preface. I'm just going to keep it like real short and simple, right? So this film was originally, as we all know, supposed to be Ben Affleck's movie set in the DCU. Y'all remember that? Yep. So of course, due to yep. a lot of stuff happening in Ben's life, such as alcoholism, divorce, all these things, he was never able to do this movie because he was just going through a lot of like turmoil. And given the fact how Warner Brothers was handling the DC, the DCU, things weren't working as it should. So the Hivit movie was originally supposed to be like a breakout movie where you had Deathstroke and it's supposed to be like a John Wick, James Bondian type of Batman movie and stuff like that, very action heavy. And I remember uh, Matt Reeves was brought on, I believe, in 2017, early 2017, to originally supposed to direct Ben Affleck. But he even said it that as good as the script was, it wasn't something that he would do. Right. And he said that I am a big Batman fan. This is a character that I love and I really appreciate, but I can't, I would love to do a version of Batman that I feel personally connected to, but I can't tell you that because I'm working on this other movie called War for the Planet of the Apes. Mm -hmm. So he had to finish post-production on that. And then Warner Brother basically said, you know what, we're going to let you do what you want to do. And as we all know, Ben had his issues with the Batman, not the Batman role, but the, his position in life and all that stuff. So within his own accord, he left the project. And Matt Reeves was left to work was left to his own devices to work on this movie. And I remember for a time, I kind of like didn't care about this movie because this is like what, 2017, 2018, Marvel was just dominating DC at every turn. So with Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame, just to name a few. And I didn't really care about this movie until you had some speculation and rumors that Robert Panthen was cast as Batman. And of course, as we all know, the internet does its thing. And, you know, <laughs> they brought up Twilight and Edward Cullen and all that stuff. And then I was kind of like, for me, when I heard that he was cast, I was not reprehensive about it. I said that it was interesting. 
because I remember, I don't know if y'all seen this, but there was this image of Boss Logic of Robin Panson as Batman, not in the suit, but as, Bru- as, but as Bruce Wayne. And then in the, he had a silhouette of Batman behind him. Y'all remember that? No, I don't actually. No, I don't either. I don't think I've seen that one. Hold on. I'm just going to share that with y'all right now. Yeah. I think that, I think that, like, to me at least, it, it seems like the, the, the critics were less vocal this time about Pattinson because he's very much rehabilitated his position since uh like there's yeah. some memes obviously that he was he's still playing like a bat character because he was <laughs> the vampire now to now the batman but i think that, that yeah because he's very much like been in some award-winning movies and some really introspective stuff since then oh wow that's nice so that's you cool. see, so you guys see that yeah 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 so that was something that i saw in february of 2019 this was at the time when Ben Affleck started leaving. Now, I didn't tell this to anybody because I was kind of like, you know, it's the internet, people make stuff up. But when I saw this, to me, it made sense because he has the Bruce Wayne look, but he has the yeah. dark edge to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and absolutely. then I think this was like a month after Endgame came out, the news came out. And I remember I was telling you, Vincent, you were kind of like pretty iffy on it, but I said that when you look at this, it made sense. And I remember the year following, I showed you a film called Good, good Time. Do you remember that? Yes, absolutely. It was a good and, movie. And it's a really good movie. And it really showed you his, you know, what type of acting that he would deliver as the Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it worked oh, yeah. very well for what they were trying to do. And of course, it has its hurdles, you know, COVID, the pandemic and everything. But through and through, uh, the entire crew, you know, Robert Panson, Zoe Kravitz, Matt Reeves, the director, everyone have managed to, you know, do their thing and, and, and make the movie the, the way that they can and all that stuff. So you really do have to commend them for that. You know what I mean? Yep. I will say, like, despite every issues that, you know, this, this, all the stuff that this film has had to go through, like fans and catching COVID and all that, it really doesn't show in the final product. Like, you don't yeah. feel those issues at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So right now, let's talk about the movie right now. I think I dragged a little bit, but let's talk about the movie <laughs> and, and the final product that we got. So let's talk about the good, y'all. Um, the opening. Incredible. Yeah. That, that was a chef's chef kiss. And I remember when Panson was talking about the opening of the movie because he saw it like earlier than all of us, obviously. But he said that the first shot of the film was really jarring. Because what's yeah. crazy about it is that we actually see from Riddler's point of view, and Matt Reeves has always said that this was going to be like a very point of view driven film in the Alfred Hitchcock type of way, where you see a guy wearing binoculars stalking this this guy and his family and you hear heavy breathing which is really scary it's so so creepy it is creepy as shit and (laughs) and it really screamed to you like how different this batman movie is and at the same time you understand like this film is going to be for everybody you know what i mean yeah yeah do you have anything to add on to that I, well, I just feel like the the opening really like just launches you in that world. Like it's it's the perfect way to like just okay, yeah, we're in it now. 
like sets the tone. It <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, it sets the tone for the whole movie. And I mean, uh, it's the whole movie is like such like it's like a thriller almost. It's it's psychological. Uh, it, it, you know what's very interesting that I remember when we first before we saw the first trailer on Fandom, right? Is that we um we we saw a David Fincher's Zodiac. And we draw comparisons on like how this film could work in a Batman movie, right? Yeah, and and very much the Riddler is is is, is absolutely the Zodiac killer. And what's yeah. interesting is that the the I think mm-hmm. it'd be like two or three weeks after we saw the trailer, and the yeah, irony so. that how it all worked together is crazy. I know. You know what I mean? Yep. And yeah. that was incredible. Like you also see like when we first see Riddler in the darkness and he's just like staying there like creepily and stuff like that. And oh my God. Yeah. And it's not something that like that after the intro leaves, like there's a few other times in the movie where he will be preparing for his next kill and we'll just see him breathing or waiting in a corner kind but of. Also yeah. like the, the, the Riddler theme, whenever like you see him like preparing for the kill, it's so creepy. It's so like, it's like a horror movie shit like uh, if you look it up like the Riddler theme like there, there was also also like always this little music I would play whenever like also like that part when he was in the car too waiting for, mm. for his night mm-hmm. thing oh my god yeah yeah and what's also interesting is once you once he does the kill you understand that this is his first time and one thing that Riddler said in the in the around the last minutes of the movie is that he's not a physical guy what yeah. you what you notice is that he threw his entire body at the mayor. You know what I mean? When he yep. did it, which goes to show that it, it shows a lot of overkill. And you see like how hard he was hitting him and really put his energy towards it. And at the end of it, he kind of like threw his um, the carpet rug thingy yeah. away because it really took a lot of him physically. And besides, he's wearing a, a damn sort of like the skimp mask and stuff like that. And he yep. takes the the weapon, puts it back on him, and starts to do his work and wrapping him up. You know what I mean? Yep. Which sets the tone for this movie incredibly, incredibly well. You know what I mean? Yeah, not for sure. And, and you know, the scene that follows is 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 so good too. <laughs> of course, of course. But we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. And yeah. then we cut to someone else's perspective and we see Batman, well, Bruce, well, Batman narrating the, the movie, which is incredible, which is a throwback to a lot of graphic Noir. novels yeah. and all these things. And it sort of, in a way, reminded me of, of Rorschach and, and Watchmen, mm-hmm. in a way. And it really worked very well. I, I mean, the fact that he didn't narrate the entire movie, I mean... I mean, it could have worked, but not too much. But at the same time, for what they pulled off with the opening was incredible. Like, you see Batman, and you kind of see this interesting parallel between Riddler and Batman in their uh, modus operandi and how they, their method of operation. And you see that they're in the way, they're very methodical, except Batman's a bit more physical. And you also see, like, the sense of terror and fear that he has brought upon Gotham City 
especially with the bat signal, which is incredible. Like the way that it's used, like every time a criminal sees it, they're terrified. And you're kind of asking yourself, okay, where is Batman going to strike? You know what I mean? Is he going to strike from there? Is he going to strike from here? And I'll say this. I don't think I'll be able to walk to a dark alley ever again. <laughs> yeah, there's the, um, the, the there's a shot where you know from the criminal's point of view you have the camera over the shoulder and it lingers on the darkness around them after they've been hit kind of with the bats the, the spotlight from the, the helicopters of the, the bat signal in the sky and you can really believe that this is the effect that batman has because yep. you yourself in the audience are wondering okay well is he is he there is he watching uh, yep. is he is he gonna come out of it um yeah and, and... and when he does show up when you have that scene and you hear the the heavy footsteps it's so intimidating and ominous it's ugh. <laughs> no listen yeah. he came in with what i call black air force energy <laughs> and like this heavy stomping he pulled in like the terminator and then robocop all rolled up in one. Oh yeah and and you know what's even interesting is that the the the, the criminal the, the the street kid they laugh right at first because yeah. you know it, it kind of worked for that whole thing but when he comes in rex shop <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and everything and with that first scene it opens the main theme of the movie which is vengeance right he said it i'm vengeance and you kind of understand that in a way the vengeance thing works against the criminals but it had a negative connotation to it where the man that he just saved is also afraid of him you know what i mean yeah they also say it like he says it himself he says that you know it's been two years since he started being the batman and yeah crime levels have gone up not down right yeah he knows that what he's doing isn't working and i think that's that's an interesting way to start the movie and he's not in a position of power yeah that is true he's doubting himself and he's trying to figure out what to do right yeah Yeah, what am i doing yeah yeah that that and it works very 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 well you know what i mean and you also have this great line where he said, I can't be everywhere, but to them, I'm everywhere, which yeah, which works so well. I think it also shows a, a great understanding from, from Reeves on, on what makes the Batman so interesting on crazy. his mythos and yeah. Which is crazy, right? And it's like, that's like the most Batman thing that would ever, that was like fire right there, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I agree that 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 opening scene was very like incredible, right? And then you have the murder scene with all the cops there, and you see actually Batman for the first time ever on the big screen doing like legit detective work. Yeah. Yep. Which I remember I was sitting beside you, Vincent. I know that I've been annoying you since uh, while we were watching it a little bit, but I was kind of like, you know. Because this is like the first time we see it. You know what I mean? I'm just so excited. Oh, it was amazing. It, it was, was amazing. It was and Throughout the movie, it was amazing, yeah. You had that entire thing. And, you know, you see this great camaraderie between Batman and Gordon, which is just incredible. Just, yeah. And it's I also contrasted that. by the fact that all the other cops don't trust him or don't want yeah. him there. Like, yeah. you could... You know, if you if you take a minute to think about it, you know, rationally or realistically, mm-hmm. he's a vigilante. He's a guy like he, he's a guy in a costume, and they really put emphasis on on that fact. You know, yeah. it's it's uncomfortable. He shouldn't be there. Yeah, but mm-hmm. all the same, <laughs> and he you kind of and you kind of see like him 
and you know this is when we're gonna get we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the cast but like we're gonna see like you know batman it's like robert pence and the way that he's acting with just his eyes is just incredible and that his movements and all that stuff the way he's just examining the scene and i remember uh robert panson was saying how in this version of batman at least the way that he interprets it is that batman's like a, a shaman right a witch doctor who has to really find a way to really have an understanding of things you know what i mean and that he is when he's batman there's such a high level of concentration to a point where he sees things that most people can't you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like in a in a trance almost. <laughs> yeah, in a trance, whole uh, spiritual place where he really sees things that average people can't see. Like there's that one yeah. scene where he sees where the uh, the blunt for- force object that Riddler dropped in the beginning, he sees it, and then you have the uh, the 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 crime scene girl taking a photo. It's like okay, I missed that. You know what I mean? Which is just really good. That that was incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a nice touch. And, and you know, they, there's a moment when he reserves, returns to the Batcave where he says that he has to kind of take notes of everything like in a diary because he kind of loses himself in, in yeah. the, when he plays, when he's yeah. being Batman, when he's, when he's out at night. Yeah, and uh, I enjoyed the, like the journal and everything, how he called it the Gotham Project. Yeah. Yeah, and it worked very well. Uh, and it basically just informed you like everything about the movie. And, le- and let's talk about something else. Would you agree that this is the most Batman movie out of out of all of them? Easily. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 100%. would you agree that this film is also immersive, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think I think I think part of that is you know another another great thing that this movie does or this movie has going working for itself is the the cast. I don't think there's a single weak member of the cast. I think everybody is amazing in this movie and they play yeah, their roles. The, you know, uh, to perfection. I, oh, I, Victor was was perfect for the role. Like when you look at them, like Gordon, Batman, um, the Riddler too, Paul Dano, um, Colin Colin Farrell for the Riddler. Everyone was perfect. for the Penguin. Yeah, he was... <laughs> he was a trip. But we're gonna get to him pretty soon. We're gonna get to him. Um, this feels like the most Batman. Like as a matter of fact, I think I'm gonna pull these bad boys out. Ooh. Long Halloween, year one, (laughs) and of course, the one that I've been mentioning about, your uh, Batman Ego, and this feels like, and it felt like the most Batman movie out of all of them, and I really have to commend Matt Reeves for taking the source material very seriously, and really doing his, his just to really give us this wholesome Batman, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. because at the same time, because that this film feels like the most Batman, at the same time, you also feel that it doesn't do anything new, which I think that is pretty good, but it does something that it feels encompassing, you know what I mean? It just feels so so wholesome, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd also kind of disagree that it doesn't do anything new. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does it something new, some, but... Yeah, it, it treads familiar ground for sure. Mm-hmm. But it it approaches it completely differently. I think mm-hmm. that Pattinson's interpretation is is one of those big sticking points where he's mm-hmm. not like he doesn't know how to be like a person. <laughs> um, 
he's he's only Batman, and and the and his character's clearly struggling with it, right? Like it's believable that this is someone who's struggling with an intense kind of inner turmoil, and mm-hmm. who's kind of in this weird place who doesn't and he doesn't know how to how to be anything other than than vengeance or um and he, as he's figuring all this stuff out and it's it's believable mm-hmm. and it's it feels kind of realistic i guess in mm-hmm. a weird sense yeah it feels but, very realistic it feels very comic booky and you know a lot that's of not something been, we've seen right yeah that's not something that we've seen but it feels like the most batman thing that we have ever seen you know what i mean yeah Yep. And it has a great cast. That's another thing I am going to say. Robert Pattinson as, as Bruce Wayne Batman. Well, mostly Batman. <laughs> I will say that his performance is very like, it's very much like, you know, a wholesome type Batman, but at the same time new. And at the same time, it's like, I liken his performance to a film with Ryan Gosling called Drive. Right. And a little bit of Dexter Morgan. <laughs> Would you agree? Okay. Without, yeah, the comedic, yeah, yeah. without the comedic aspect to it, but you, you, one thing you notice about Michael C. Hall and his performance is that there are a lot of ticks, you know what I mean? There's a lot of like nuance in his performance. And I felt that with Robert Panson, you see that nuance very mm-hmm. well. You know what I mean? And yes. that you see that completely off topic, but I think that Michael C. Hall is a great is a great Batman too. When from <laughs> yeah, his, his, his role in uh, what is it? Uh, uh, an, an, God and Monsters. Just yes, God and Monsters. Yeah, and, I, and, I, anyways, no. sorry, keep going, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I kind of liken his performance to those and. I kind of really see that it would be, I mean, he's Batman through and through this movie. And I think the idea is that he needs to learn how to be Bruce Wayne, except he doesn't know how to. He doesn't know how to connect with people. There is this one moment of connection between when when he's in like the crime scene, right? And he sees the boy. Without a word, he understands what this kid is going through. He doesn't go to talk to him or anything like that, but he understands what he's going through. And he kind of yeah. latches on to him too. Like every scene where the boy shows up, instantly he he always turns to the kid, make sure he's okay, yeah. he's okay. And so mm-hmm. later on, when when the kid's actually put in danger uh, in the funeral scene, he he goes for he goes for the kid first, right? Yeah, yeah. which yeah. works very well. And I think that this is a very interesting moment of a period of transition for him like a lot of people have been saying that his performance is one-dimensional but i disagree there's a lot of nuance in his performance that you like when you look at it more you see it a lot like there's this one scene where he's at the funeral and he's pulling out and this is something that i noticed in second viewing he's about to give money to the valet and everything but when people are calling out his name like mr wayne mr wayne mr wayne taking pictures and everything you notice that he is going, he's trying to smile, but he just stops for a minute. Yeah. And I felt that that was done so purposefully and so expertly that I was like, that's incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think what's interesting too is about, with the, we know that Pattinson can play a very charismatic, a very yes, uh, yeah, yeah. playboyish persona. He's like, there's no, he, 
as a as an actor, he can play the the Bruce Wayne persona mm -hmm. very easily, and they decide not to because it's not where the character is at. It's a very intentional mm -hmm. choice, mm -hmm. or at least it feels it feels that way, and I'm mm -hmm. uh, and I'm I'm convinced that it is. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I'm interested to see if we do get a sequel, how that would look like, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they they would need to do that on the sequel because I feel like that's something that was obviously it made sense in this movie, um, mm -hmm. having him like anti like antisocial and like. Uh, a bit awkward yeah but for a sequel just like show the progression that he like there's a like how like he knows what it means a bit more now what it means to be the bat the batman and also like the the how important it is to keep also like uh appearances as bruce wayne you know mm -hmm. be like that playboy and all of that and then at night be the batman i would like to see a bit more bruce wayne in the sequel though mm -hmm. obviously it made sense uh in this one why he wasn't like that and i love how they did it too so, yeah i agree and i think that this is an interesting moment of period of transition for him and one thing that i also enjoyed is like every time that he's like in the sunlight he squints his eyes because he's so <laughs> used to being at night and that's why he needs yeah. sunglasses yeah exactly i'll be honest that's when he got up that's basically all of us, you know, when we wake up in the morning, right? <laughs> and a lot of people were questioning the glasses. They were kind of like, what the fuck are those glasses? But it worked very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, he yeah. wears glasses a lot throughout the movie. And it's interesting because in in universe or within the story, it, he does it because he always has the eye makeup because he's always yeah. ready to turn into, to put the suit on and to go Batman mode, mm -hmm. which is, again, another nice touch, but also like hilarious. Yeah, and you know what also is noticed, what I noticed is that at the end of the movie, well, I know that we're going to, I know that, you know, we're going to get there soon, but at the end, he saves that one person, right, and about to, like, put her on the, uh, on the gurney to send her to a hospital, like, somewhere else, what you notice is that it's daytime, and he yeah. stares at the, at the sky without squinting his eyes, so it means that he's used to the daytime, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that overall, like the lesson of the movie and the execution on it and the 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 change, and I don't know if that if you wanted to talk about it later, but the shift on it is, is done very, very well. Yeah, it's done very yeah. well. Um Jeffrey Wright Gordon. Incredible. Amazing. Amazing. What a what a what a bro. <laughs> what a bro. Yeah. He he I is love... like the real MVP. Yes, and what was so amazing about this movie is how like they were like solving well, <laughs> of course Batman did all the heavy heavy lifting. But how like Gordon and and Bruce were like like solving everything together. Yeah. Like throughout it all. Like they were partners almost. Yeah. And was, I also so enjoyed this one scene where um you know the thumb drive thing where they're in the garage, they're investigating and stuff like that. They're looking mm -hmm. for clues. And then Bruce is like thumb drive. And I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some moments of humor too that you know it doesn't feel inappropriate but it, it does bring a little bit of levity for a very heavy movie and yeah, i think it, and... it's, it's done well where it doesn't take you out but it also kind of gives you a little bit of, of, of reprieve yeah. or they're one of the mysteries with 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 riddler there that they obsess over for for you know the the i guess the middle the middle you know third of the movie is who is the uh l you know the the bird but really it's url yeah and it's something so obvious that they miss yeah yeah i, I mean to be fair it. i miss it too but <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
yeah uh, that, that that worked very well and not only that but you also like have this great sense of camaraderie between the two where he's like gordon is actually looking out for him you know what i mean he knows that yeah. he's not supposed to be there but especially in that interrogation scene where they're like in the um GCPD. where batman is like in the, in the gcpd there all the cops are there and and gordon's like uh, we need to get you out of here, man. You know what I mean? So take these keys, yeah. punch me, hit me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, his his Gordon reminded me of the Gordon from the animated series. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it sort of reminded me of that. And I'll, dare I say it, I don't care what people say, but I think this is my favorite Gordon. Um, now Gary oh, Oldman's yes. number two right now. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that they, okay. they have, a, I think that Gary Oldman is a very kind of human, kind of hopeful uh, yeah. Gordon, despite, you know, the stuff that he goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Jeffrey Wright is very, he's very worn down, you know? Mm-hmm. He's someone who, he, he he goes to Batman because it's kind of his last option, mm-hmm. is his yeah. own, right? Because nothing else has been working. And and he, they kind of learned to, they depend on each other and they work together in a very, in a, in a great way that's super fun to watch. Yeah. But I think that he's like, he, he seems very weary throughout it all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I would agree that I would like to see a bit more of his family life, a little bit more I don't know if they'll do Barbara Gordon, but it'd be interesting to see. And I think it, I, I hope, think that the Barbara Gordon is something that would work. Yeah. Yeah, and, but and, you have. I, uh, I just hope that that's uh, that's something that they'll do in the second movie. Hopefully, that with the more Bruce also. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, on that scene where like Gordon's like, you could have pulled your punch, man. And Batman's like, <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And all right, Paul Dano's the Riddler. Love them. Uh, Love them. Yeah. Listen, like he's so unhinged. Like he's so and unhinged. obviously we don't get to see him like yeah. see him see him that often. But even yeah. the ones like the, the the scenes he gets the most screen time are the the one the the live stream with the bomb. Mm-hmm. And and then when we he finally gets the mask off. And I think in both of those scenes he's terrific. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. He it, it works so well. You also have like, uh, which McCall like, the one with the rats and everything. Which I'm like, I'm surprised they actually put that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, this is some jigsaw type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And they, of course, they didn't show it because they cut it. They cut it, you know, because you know, they yeah, didn't yeah. want to go for that rated R type thing. But there's a lot of nuances and a lot of stuff that Paul Dano was doing to this movie, and I'm like. I can't, I'm scratching my head. Like, what was the, the studio thinking about casting Jonah Hill in this movie? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They, they I, that Jonah Hill well, they originally wanted to give Jonah Hill either the role of the Penguin or Riddler. And I, I think, think, I think the, Jonah Hill could have been good, but because he, he can play those very unhinged characters. Like, he has it before, like mm-hmm. in Wolf of Wall Street and other, and, you know, and, and movies like that. But I think that Paul Dano is, is such a natural fit for it. Yeah. And, and I think. Go ahead, sorry. And it's like, for me, it's like, I'm not that, nowadays, I'm not that big of a Jonah Hill fan, to be quite honest with you, but I do like him as an actor at times. But for me, it's like, Paul Dano is like a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he yeah. knows how to play creepy very well. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal from Austin. Uh, the way that the, the, he interprets the Riddler, the Riddler as a, school shooter chic yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah. a very gra- it's a very grounded and modern and thing. it's a very like yeah. and he's a 
incel and stuff like that and stuff and, and all these things. But, you know, one, one thing that I, I, I enjoyed is that there is a little bit of an element of wackiness, but yet seriousness to the Riddler, because we all yeah. thought that he was going to be like a Hannibal Lecter, John Doe type serial killer. But even with a lot of the calm, collected serial killers, there is an element of like wackiness that they have. You know what I mean? That they're so yeah. crazy. And yep. you see that brilliantly in the interrogation scene where he says, Bruce Wayne, yeah. Bruce Wayne. And yep. then you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. And the way that... And clearly Batman knows it, b- believes it too, right? Like, and you yeah. see that very well by Pattinson, which is just incredible. Like you see him, the, mm-hmm. he's, he's looking at the camera, right? And then yep. you see, and then he says, "Bruce Wayne, the one that got away." I was like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> you breathe a sigh of relief, and that scene. Yeah. So, if I'm completely honest, the interrogation scene is my favorite scene in the movie, outside of the opening, like the opening two scenes where yeah. the intro for the oh, Riddler yeah. and for Batman's respectively. Yeah. The, the interrogation it, there's such a awesome. shift. <laughs> in the movie, yeah, and I think it's it to me. It felt like that scene is the the scene that the forces uh robert pattinson to really examine what he's been doing or mm-hmm. the, the forces you know bruce to be like what what am i doing wrong as a batman and it kind of clicks for him you know yeah I and it gets enforced later on when you have one of the shooters who he says like who are you why are you here whatever and he says i'm vengeance um yeah. but mm-hmm. i think that th- that scene kind of really represented what the movie was going for you know yeah, yeah i agree yeah. um and Paul Dano, man, if he gets any Oscar love, I don't care about the Oscars, but if he does, I wouldn't be against it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, <laughs> uh, for sure. Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Love her. I thought she was amazing. Amazing, yeah. I, I would like say she... that Michelle Pfeiffer is my favorite Catwoman, but she is number two uh, below Anne Hathaway. Yeah. 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 I, I, I personally, I think that, you know, outside of, you know, Holly Berry, not that I think she's a bad actress, but, you know, out of her movie, I think that we've been very uh, spoiled with the um, interpretation Catwoman. of Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think that personally, Zoe Kravitz was my favorite because she was very much the emotional core of this movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's badass and she's, and she's, and she's realistic and she's, you know, she's a, she's a really cool Catwoman. Yeah. But she also, she also um, brings out the humanity out of, out of Robert Pattinson's Bruce exactly, Wayne, yeah, yeah and, and really, and, and it acts as yeah. a great foil, yeah. It, it the relationship really, is believable, and she kind of makes me makes you care about about what's actually going on in the story. Yeah, right? I would agree that at times her, her parts within the story felt a bit wonky at times. That's like a slight criticism that I have, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I felt that she was really good in this role. I do understand that she's not Catwoman yet, the version that we know. Yeah, and much like much like a... Robert Pattinson is, it's not Batman yet. He's very much learning, right? Yeah, I agree, yeah. and I think that this is a transitional period that for Selena to really become that version of Catwoman that we all know and love. You know what I mean? Yep. And I really enjoyed her. I'm very interested to see what she does in uh, Bloodhaven. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, and I really hope I really hope that she comes back for the sequel. You know, I feel like it, I understand if she, she doesn't stick around. You know, especially given the ending. But yeah. I really hope she does. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I do hope that she comes back. Um, 
Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. <laughs> he was so good. Listen, 10 out of 10. He stole the show every time he was on screen. Every time. He also and... brought a lot of humor. Yes. You know, yeah. And levity to the yes. movie. But it didn't do it by taking you out, right? It was yeah. very... It's very in character for the penguin, you know, this mob boss, yeah. this this somebody who he's he's you know the gentleman, uh, you know, the, the criminal, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was so he's so great. Yeah, yeah. And, and the makeup prosthetics in this is incredible. Like, yeah, like I didn't you even could know t- it like, was Colin Farrell. Yeah, I agree. You, there were times that I, yeah, there were times you didn't know, but you could tell from his eyes that it's Colin. And I enjoy like the charm of the penguin. Like there were times when he, he when he came down and he was like, whoa, whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. You yeah. heard you're looking for me. You're everything that they no. say you are, ain't you? I guess we both are. <laughs> hey, <Yeah>. I'm uh, <laughs> which worked so well. And they go to his office and they be, and penguin shows them the pictures and, and, and penguin's like, I don't know her. And you kind of see this exchange between you know, all three of them, which is like, you know, Catwoman, Muslina, Batman, and Penguin. And you see this, re- this exchange where Penguin's sort of aware of like how weird it is, yeah. but he's kind of rolling with it. Yeah, he's, and, the, he's, the, he's the guy who makes deals, who bridges, yeah. who, makes, who builds bridges, you know, obviously yeah. to, for himself. For obvi- his own, uh... <laughs> obviously. And you also notice the things about Pants and how he looks at the shoes. This is something that I noticed in second glancing, right? The shoes that Anika, the, the girl that was missing, the the you know what she's wearing, mm-hmm. plus the shoes that Selena's wearing. wearing, yeah, and that's why uh, Batman follows her. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's small details. Small details like that, and I think that it works very well. And I really enjoyed how you know, in this scene, it tells you a lot about the Penguin and how he basically allows things to happen. He doesn't care what happens to anything else as long as he is making money off of it. He's even said it like, I'm a proprietor and stuff like that. And how selfish he is. He even said that, you want to know who she is? Go ask his wife. Oh, too soon? (laughs) Which was just so... Oh man, yeah. like that 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 was yeah. good and everything. I and... think that for the for the movie as a whole, as a whole, I don't think he needed to be in it. But I think that the fact that he's there, that he's so uh, he has such a presence that he, and you know that a lot of it revolves around the Iceberg Lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think makes the Gotham that's that's in the movie so much more believable, so yeah. much more yeah. vibrant and and you know, so much more alive. Yeah, yeah. but it, and also like you said that he didn't need to be in there, but like also like. I feel like he didn't take a lot of space too. Like he, he wasn't in there. Like the minutes he was in there, like I wouldn't cut to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Was, well, he gives, was, he gives, he gives a uh, Robert Pence a chance to be Batman, right? The plot, exactly. Batmobile, yeah. the chase scene and stuff oh, like that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Okay. In great detail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Penguin is great. And this Penguin show, give it to me now. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm so right. and I, yeah. I trust, especially after Peacemaker, I have faith in in the DC HBO kind of crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the I, I you know I so far it's been quality, mm-hmm. and if if the same people if the same people who made the Batman movie are the one are on board for the show, mm-hmm. I'm sold. Right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Andy Serkis as Alfred. He's Wouldn't great with the little little time we have. Yeah, I would have loved agree. to see him a bit more. I, I agree. I, I, I concur. I do. 
a lot of people have had complaints that, you know, Batman is like mean to Alfred and all these things, which I do agree. It the the take on Batman and Alfred is very much reminiscent of Batman Earth One. Are y'all familiar with that? Yeah. With what? Batman Earth One. It's written by Jeff Loeb and Gary Frank. It's more of a grounded take on Batman, but more grounded okay. than the Nolan stuff. And you see that um, Alfred is more like he, the the Alfred that you see is very much similar to how Andy Serkis looks. I'll even show okay. you right now. Hold on a minute. Uh, While we're looking, though. One. Yeah. Go ahead. No, while we're looking, I, yeah, I thought that their relationship worked for the movie. And yeah. the, the fact that he was the one who trained uh, Bruce for a lot of things um, felt, like, appropriate. Oh, I see it, yeah. You see the yeah. resemblance? Yeah. yeah. So he has a bit more of a rougher look, and it really worked very well for what the movie was trying to do. And I guess that, I, I mean, I would say that I would have enjoyed a scene where you have, like, I don't know, either Alfred saying to Bruce at the end of the movie that I'm proud of you or your father would have been proud or just some heartwarming scenes like that. And I guess that given the nature of this film, right, it's very heavy and complex that you didn't really have too much scenes. But I do think that as much as this is a starting point for Batman, this is a starting point for Alfred as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would have loved all of that. Like uh, we talked about a bit after the movie, but I would have loved like at the ending, like maybe just like uh, two to five minutes, just as no Batman, but just Bruce, just a bit like being better himself. Yeah. You know, like we talked about with the renewal yeah. funds mm-hmm. and also maybe like having a scene like that with Alfred, like your father would have been proud just a bit like as a better conclusion to the story. And yeah. Really and I really enjoyed that. the ho- hospital scene too. I mean, I know that's pretty funny when you think about it, where it's like, you know, Alfred wakes up and he's just happy to see Bruce and out Al- and Bruce is like, you lied to me, Alfred, all right. this time, which is like so funny yeah. at the same time. But you understand that this is like a coming to this is like coming to the truth type moment for Bruce. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing that Andy Serkis has said about this relationship is that Alfred is a soldier and that he doesn't know how to be a father figure yeah. to to um to to Bruce and that he taught him how to fight he taught him how to defend himself and all these things but he never really taught him the thing that a father should and that I think that he he feels very responsible for it and you see it in the scene where Alfred looks at the monitor and sees the kid and he recognizes what that kid is doing and he understands like how Bruce is feeling and he feels it too you know what I mean yeah yeah I think that you know as much as he didn't have much of a role I think that he never he never takes away from the scenes. He mm-hmm. always he, he's always a welcome presence. The few mm-hmm. scenes that we get of him as they're working through things together, even though the relationship is a little bit more tense in this one, mm-hmm. I think it works. It works well. Uh, obviously, I would like to see more because it, it, it is great when it's there. But I think that it, it it works it works well for for what it is. You know, yes. the way that that Alfred is as a, and the way that the Bruce is in this moment that's different makes sense given it makes sense together, right? That that Bruce is very much emotionally stunted and he's that he's, you know, you know, just really just Batman and almost nothing else because he doesn't know how to be anything else. And mm-hmm. having a, an Alfred who's not necessarily colder, but who hasn't really given him the, the warmth and the, and the, 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 the parental guidance that he would have needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, 
it, it works well logically together. I agree. It works yeah. very well. And I do hope to see that great sense of camaraderie and stuff like that in the, in the sequel and stuff. Yeah. Um, I will say the fact oh. that we saw less of Alfred almost like when, when they, they, he almost dies, right? When the bomb goes off and all that, I thought he was going to die. I told I, I, Austin and I were talking about it during the movie, but I was like, is he, are they actually going to kill him off? And he said, I hope so. And I said, I, I don't because I want to see more of him. Yeah, I agree. It it, it, I, you know, the fact that we thought it would happen is a testament to this movie, I guess, that yeah. it's willing to take risks and stuff like that. Yeah. And be different. Uh, obviously, they didn't die in the end. Obviously, and I'm happy that they didn't kill him because, come on, it's Andy Circus, you know, yeah. and all these things. And I am very excited to see where this relationship, where it goes and stuff like that, because at the same time, you have to think about it, that Andy Circus was making uh, let there uh, let there be carnage, venom. Let there be carnage, carnage, and you know, moment that he wrapped up filming, he had to go to London to film the Batman. You know what I mean? And once mm-hmm. once he was he was done his scenes, he had to work on post production for Venom. Let there be carnage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah. think at the same time about uh, the issue are scheduling conflicts, but I do hope that they kind of have that resolved and have him be more part of the story you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah i all right so the last cast member john turturro as carmine falcone mm. i love him too <laughs> yeah, he was great listen I- i'm gonna say this for a lot of young people like ourselves we know him from the transformers movie the bumbling <laughs> idiots the transformers movie and stuff like that but yeah, yeah, yeah. here's the thing even in that movie the first one he played a really like this a disgusting human being that I just hate. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah sure. but as me being a film lover, I started to watch a lot of other older movies like Do the Right Thing, um, a favorite, one of my favorites, Miller's Crossing, where he played like disgusting, irre- you know, incorrigible human beings, and you mm-hmm. see that in this first in this first movie, and that it, he plays it to perfection. He's so likable yeah. too. Like he's just like you hate him, and yet he's so charismatic, and you, you can't you can't help but you know like I, him a little bit too. And I think and if I it's don't um, know, I don't know if it's if it's his acting or like I don't know what it is, but like every time he came on screen, you were like, yeah. okay, this is like this is like the kingpin. This this is like the man yeah. in charge, like and... the, the most powerful person in Gotham. Yeah, you know, I think that part, part that. of it is the cinematography, but I think that yeah, I think exactly. his performance also helps to that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I also liken his performance a little bit, to a certain extent, to Marlon Brando as Vito Corleone in The Godfather. Yeah, yeah Because yeah. a little bit, because, you know, as we all know, that Carmine Falcone is based on Vito Corleone in The Godfather movie, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you see that presence especially with lighting which is very godfather reminiscent and you see like that whole scene where they're playing where he's playing pool and everything and i really enjoy the glasses too that they gave him i would have liked a moment where we see him without the glasses where he just had a smoky type gaze on a person that would have been really like really interesting and you see the scars which is a throwback to year one and that whole like he was incredible. Like not I, gonna I think, lie, I'm a bit, I'm a bit sad that I understand why it made sense that Riddler killed him, but I'm a bit sad that they killed him off. 
because I would have liked to see him a bit more like in a sequel or something. Yeah. yeah. I also think I think it's also interesting, like if you compare his performance to the one we get in The Dark Knight, it's a very different interpretation yeah. of Falcone. Mm -hmm. and, uh, not in The Dark Knight, he's in Batman Begins. Batman Begins, yeah. Yeah, uh, but in the Nolaverse, but it, it, I think it works great. Yeah, and you know, one thing I also enjoyed is that, I mean, in a way he had to die, but I think that this kind of works for the Penguin where he has to really, you know, consolidate his power and stuff like that yeah. and stuff like that. And, and you know what's very interesting is that, you know, at the end, Gotham's flooded, right? What's the yeah. one bird that can swim? <laughs> the penguin very so nice. it works very well you know what i mean yeah and something too that and I, I don't think i don't necessarily think they do it but i would love it if they did is that it does open the door for a a crime lord catwoman story which is uh which they you know, i think they're borrowing a lot from uh, no man's land you know what i mean all right one thing that i really enjoy about this movie is that this is a detective movie through and through you know what i mean like yeah. through and through a detective movie and you, we, you know we've always seen this in batman movies to a certain extent where it's more like of an anecdote and an anecdotal type of thing but with this yeah, there's movie, problem solving but it's not the same yeah i agree mm -hmm. there's like problem solving here <clears> there the the bullet thing when the dark knight which to this day i don't understand what the hell he was doing <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you actually see like Batman really using lingo, like post mortem and, and you know all these things. And yeah. and in a detective story, it takes you different places, right? And a lot of the film that Matt Reeves said that he saw as inspiration were Chinatown, a lot of political thrillers such as um, All the Pre President's Men, uh, Seven, the Zodiac film. Right, I think the inspiration of those is pretty obvious. It's obvious, <laughs> yeah. and it's obvious, and you see that like through and through. And this film does that very well in spades. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's there's always like it really like grabs you by the hand, and like you're just every single step of the way, there's always something else. Like you're just on a roller coaster, you know? Yeah. Like it wasn't as intense as in like the Dark Knight, mm -hmm. like with the with the the action, all the scenes and everything. Mm -hmm. But with this, like with the enigma and with like the, the the mysteries and like the the riddles and all of that, it was so good. Like you were every step of the way, you're like, okay, what's the next piece of the puzzle? There's also and, a lot of layers to it, right? There's like yeah, the Riddler yeah. and his goals and his identity and all that. And mm -hmm. then on top of it, there's this conspiracy that the Riddler himself is exposing. And on top of that, there's whatever whatever's happening immediately with Selena yeah. Kyle and with Batman and whatever. And you also understand that these riddles had a literal sense, like bring the rat to the light. And yeah. when you was crazy that you mean to tell me that Riddler was there the whole time. Now there are some plot holes with that at, at the same time though, but at the same time, you understand that symbolic meaning, you know what I mean? And you, you know, but at the same time, you understand that with a detective story, not some of them can be perfect and some of them can be a bit convoluted, but I think that Matt Reeves does an incredible job really keeping this very engaged. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. this is like a very interesting film. You actually learn about the corruption that's going on, the the the, the gripping of the of, of the of the mob bosses in, in Gotham City and how by elim eliminating those you have um 
you know, you have like, um, whatchamacallit? Big power vacuum. A big power vacuum. And this leads to the rise of the supervillains and all these things. And it, it's very, it's very interesting. And it really, it grounds the story, but at the same time teases us to something bigger and bigger. And I'm very interested in seeing like what that's going to be in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So can we all agree this feels the most Gotham City than all, than all of the movies put together. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And 100%. I remember, you know, we've seen a lot of Gotham Cities before. We've seen the Burden films where it's very theatrical and have all these, like, big, beautiful sets. But the only con that is that when it was the daytime, you could tell that they filmed this in the back lot of Warner Brothers Studios. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And with Nolan, it's kind of like, this is just Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think in this one, there's a, there's a lot, lot of things that work towards that. There's the like the Batcave itself being like a, like an abandoned metro, or mm-hmm. you know, there's there's grime and there's layers to the city. Yeah, or the, the the fact that the Wayne Manor is like this big penthouse with like gargoyles on the inside, it's so gothic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and it, it kind of goes it looks to, great. to a little con that I have in the movie where it's a bit too stylized. Right, but it didn't really. I didn't. It didn't bother me too much because I felt that this for the first time ever. This feels like the most Gotham City out of all the Batman movies ever put to screen. And I am very interested in seeing like how the city was going to rebuild itself. Maybe it might keep the Gothic architecture or maybe kind of like, you know, change it up a bit. I hope they do. I hope hope that they keep it. Right. Because I remember that due to the pandemic, uh, they couldn't they couldn't film outdoors, unfortunately. And they had to film inside, and they had to use the uh, LED screens for the um, for for the Batman. You know those right. scenes where they're on the rooftop and uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, That's with the, the same, bat signal and all that. Yeah, that that was that was the same technology used for the Mandalorian. At times, it felt obvious, but it didn't feel so obvious that it disturbed you. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah and I agree. This feels like the most Gotham City, though a few cons though was Gotham Times Square, which was kind of like a ripoff of Times Square in New York City, and Gotham Square Garden. I was like... Eh. Yeah, they're trying. They're not really trying to hide it, but yeah. They're not trying to yeah. hide it, but I, I would agree that they need to change it up a bit. Like, make this city not too much like New York, but like... I mean, I know that New York and Gotham is kind of like one and the same. Yeah, but they're inspired kind of, by, by one another. Yeah, but I say mix it up a bit but give it a type of flavor to it you know what i mean like make it distinctly its own don't give any new york or chicago elements to it just really you know gossip and stuff like that yeah i think that's a hard thing to do but but you know it is in an ideal world that's definitely what we want yeah and i do hope that they uh you know when they do a sequel they have more chance to shoot film outdoors and really film in places like Glasgow and uh, and Liverpool and really do a lot of more outdoor shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about the big one, the Batmobile. Ooh. <laughs> now listen, I a lot of people were very questionable about the Batmobile when they first saw it when when Matt Reeves, I believe, two years ago, tweeted it and said and showed it to the world. A lot of people yeah. were laughing at it, saying, how can, Bat- how can this be the Batmobile? It's just a regular car and everything. And I enjoy yeah. the fact that Matt Reeves did not do the tank. 
We have yeah. enough of tanks. Yeah, absolutely. We want absolutely. a car now. And it's not as stylized as Tim Burton's Batmobile, which I think that's a good thing. But when that Batmobile, when he was revving that engine, we, we, we all felt it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all felt it. Yeah. And you know that Batman was toying with him, was toying with the Penguin. I'm like, <laughs> Batman was like summoning a demon out of hell to scare the Penguin <laughs> and stuff like that. And when, when you see this, and when he was like skating a little bit, to like, you know, show, show him something, I, I, I am willing to bet that Batman gave him a head start. You know what? I'm just going <laughs> to toy with you. I'm going I'm to give you a head start, man. Get in your car, get in that piece of shit car you got. Don't worry, man. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and the Batmobile chase was incredible. Like, I love the music yeah. that was playing on it. I love, like, you had like behind the scenes shot of like the Batmobile revving up, and you felt like the water hitting it, and like the um, the vibrating of the engine, and how when it was moving, the camera was moving too. And yep. it was just so immersive. And it's really incredible, and I'm really, really excited to see it like again in order to like give it a good breakdown. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I would one thing I would love to see is a bit more exterior shots of the Batmobile, like especially when it's driving. I really yeah, wanted I to see to like that, uh, I, it was like attached to the car, like uh, the shots that we saw. Like yeah. it was like and, we didn't and see I, it as a, a whole. Like we didn't see as a whole uh, a lot. Yeah, so. I agree, and I think that it gives you gives you a bit more of an immersive feel to it. Though, however, I would have liked to see a scene where like the Batmobile was like I don't know, drifting on some Tokyo drift type thing, or <laughs> I don't know, even doing donuts or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think awesome. it really had a nice balance. Um, I would have liked to see more of it too, or you know, see it in some some better angles because we the only really like good look at it we get is the is the first time it shows up and then mm-hmm. once you know once you're in the chasing it's kind of hard to get a good to get a good grasp on it and then later on when he gets out of the car uh to go you know <laughs> pick up the penguin um we, it's really the focus is on batman right and it's very much just in the background yeah, yeah. And, and it worked very so we never well, get a say. great look at it yeah yeah very and good. yeah i agree and my only con is that you have to enter the Batmobile through the windows, which doesn't sit right with me. I would think that they need to have like door panels and stuff like that. But yeah. overall, sure, that's not something we see in the movie, right? Like that's something mm-hmm. we know from behind the scenes. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, overall, I really enjoyed this Batmobile. I have to say that it's my favorite Batmobile now. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, not sure. well, it's I'm okay. not sure yet. <laughs> not for sure better than the Tumblr. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's up there. I don't know if it's my favorite one, uh, but yeah, probably though. Yeah. Now the bat suit and the gadgets. How do y'all feel I, about it? I, I love I love the bat suit. I, I love everything. Um, the only thing that I wasn't as much of a fan was just for like his gliding stuff. Like it wasn't really like. Um, it wasn't like he wasn't gliding with his cape anymore. Like yeah, like inflatable. Suit? Yeah. Yeah, the scroll suit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I was a fan. I guess it's like his year two, so like he didn't get the technology yet to like, you know, have like this. I, I would have preferred something like in uh, the Dark Knight. You know. 
mm. or like yeah, like the, mem- the memory foam cloths and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, I felt that it's purposeful because I remember when I first saw the animated Batman Year One movie. A part of me was kind of like taken back because I'm like, why does Batman need to like you know? Why is Batman so D- DIY and stuff like that? Right. But yeah. within the confines of the story, within that story, it makes sense because he really wants to do things himself. And it makes Batman a bit more crafty and yeah. and all these things. Yeah, and I, I think that his his lack of gadgets or the, the way that his his um you know the, the, the bat the the bat cape or whatever his wingsuit I think worked for the feel of the movie, right? This more believable, this more grounded uh kind of take on it that feels Batman, even if it's more realistic, if it's more believable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do hope that one day in the in, within the franchise or whatever, we get to see something a little bit more, you know, Comic out bookie. there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think at the same time, Batman is like a lot of the gadgets that he was using, I felt that he was kind of like testing them. You know what I mean? Like these are test drives. You know what I mean? Like I'm testing out this gliding suit, see if it works. Maybe I need to fix certain things. I'm testing out this new Batmobile, see how it drives. Do I need to work on the handling or do I need to give it a bit more speed? Yeah, it definitely felt like he was using them for the first time. Yeah, and I think that mm-hmm. it works very well, and I'm very interested in seeing like how it all works, and the um, the logo on his chest, mm-hmm. how he pulls yeah. it out, and it's like a switchblade and stuff like that. Yeah, it works very well. How, yeah. how do you feel about it? No, I really like the the bat simple batarang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it worked very well. Um, I enjoyed yeah. the um, the contact lens that he uses to record things. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like his main gadget that like <laughs> outside of the bat signal the 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 bat emblem uh, battering that he mm-hmm. used for most of the movie, but I think it was a good one. And, the, and a realistic uh, one too. The quick draw uh, grapnel grapnel guns. Oh yes. I think that this is for the first time we see Batman actually use a lot of grapnel guns for the first time. It's in so movie. many of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And he has like two of them and stuff like that, and it worked very well. You have um the uh, the pouch where he puts shoots him up shoots himself with adrenaline, it works yeah, very yeah. well. Green, green colored adrenaline, mm. venom, <laughs> mm. very interesting. Um, oh. It worked very well. I really enjoy this bat suit. I would agree at time that the cow looked a little too big on his head. That's fair, but for what it is, it really worked. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I do hope I'm very interested in seeing how the suit is going to progress and how it evolves, how it evolves in the future suit. And a lot of people were criticizing the way that he moved. It felt like a bit more stilted where I don't I think it, I, it felt intentional, though, to me, at least. I agree. Like, it felt intentional. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. trying to look. He's trying to look kind of indomitable and unbeatable, right? He, he, you can't do anything to stop him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that the the uh, the suit and for for the intention, it worked very well. I'm very interested in seeing how the suit will evolve. And now that you know the sequel, well, not we're not. It's not confirmed, but if we're going to get a sequel, we might, as Bruce Wayne tries to transition and being the quote unquote, you know. Batman, well, not, I mean, not Batman, I mean, Bruce Wayne 
we see him meeting the people within the company, right? You, you said, we heard that, you know, the accounts were meeting him at his house, right? So yep. maybe Lucius Fox, we meet him and Lucius <laughs> might cool. help him, you know, upgrade his gear or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, don't I, hope, I hope we see stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just don't know who White Sia is. Uh, I, I have a selection Lucius of actors. Fox. I would yeah. see Forrest Whitaker as Lucius Fox. Okay. Okay. And another okay. actor, he was in Black Panther and this the show This Is Us, uh, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. Okay. I see that too. Which, which one is that? Hold on. I'll Who did show he play you. in uh, Black Panther? Uh, he played um, Killmonger's dad. Okay. I'll show you. Hold on a minute. Sterling. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's actually has a lot of gravitas. I think he's great as villains too. But, you know, he can play good guy <laughs> if he wants, I'm sure. Um, and, oh, yeah. I mean, I know that he's like, he's 45, so 10 years older than uh, than uh, than Panson. And I think it work, that doesn't it really matter. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that you could say that he was uh, someone who was a student of uh, of Thomas Wayne or something like that. Yeah. And it kind of, it could work well. I agree. Yeah. yeah so... Another thing that I feel that is the most important, right? This film is not a blockbuster type film. No, I, and, and, and no. I saw this on Twitter too. Like, I don't know how well it would sell with kids, with the younger audience, right? Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I remember on second viewing, you had, I, I was in a, uh, I went to go see it with my sisters. You had the entire freaking ninth grade. Every time Catwoman's on the screen, they were just whooping and all these things and... <laughs> it, it felt so immature it put me back in the classroom when i was in like freaking sammy g and stuff but like right. i don't know it just it just really showed a lot of immaturity and, you, and it goes to show that this film is tailored for a certain audience you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and i think that this film is a blockbuster type movie and i think that it's a good thing because what Nolan did was that he made a blockbuster type movie with Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Whereas with Reeves, he did he he went the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think that is a good thing. And he really decided to make it a character detective type story, which is very complex. And I don't think it's going to be for kids. It's not going to be for everybody. Yeah, but. Then again, neither were the Nolanverse films, right? They were very mature. Yeah. They were very adult. Like, especially the Dark Knight goes some, to some really dark and gory places. No, but this that... film goes darker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not yeah. as... I don't... I think the Dark Knight was more graphic, right? Mm-hmm. In that yeah. sense. Like, even if it's thematically and, and, and it was not as dark, you know, there's no school shooter or people, you know, slamming down innocence in, in the Dark Knight series. Yeah. But, yeah. There's yeah, some very gory graphic scenes. Yeah, and I'm wondering about how, you know, I do hope that parents, you know, I mean, parents will be parents and they'll react a certain way, but at the same time, it's like there's a PG, there's a PG rating. You need to read it very well. Do your research. And I do hope that we don't have a Batman Returns type of scenario with this movie. You know what I mean? Because one thing that I remember as we were discussing it, Chen, was that we see this constant thing with like Batman movies where they have to drastically change tones. Hence why we always have reboots. You know what I mean? Appeal to the masses or 
Yeah, and all that well, stuff. Yeah. But I, Sell toys, I, I do hope that they brighten things a tiny little bit, not too much. And I think that that's kind of where the movie tone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do think that feels like where the movie's heading, right? Given the ending. Yeah. Given the message and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm with you there. I think for me, the biggest, the biggest thing I want to see is, and it's something that's been that's been said online too, um, is that. Be, I want him to stray a little bit from the very realistic, very grounded. Like we have one of the most vibrant, most alive feeling Gotham's. I would love to see something a little bit more out there. You know, like what about like villains that would fit the traditional mold? You know, yeah. or, what about the man bats and the poison ivies and the and the clay faces of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I'm also somebody who's like, as much as I want to see that, it can't work for this world. Like, for example, Superman, I don't see Superman existing in this world. Like, yeah. he, can't, he can't. But I would, uh, I mean, it'd be tough to bring a, it wouldn't be so tough to bring a Mr. Freeze because yeah. Mr. Freeze is like, how can you say, you, cryogenics isn't a far-fetched type science. No. I remember telling y'all that you could say that Mr. Freeze was, Victor Freeze was a scientist who worked on the preservation of human beings when they go to space, right? They have to get yeah. into like cryogenic sleep. And mm-hmm. let's say that his wife got cancer or some disease and he has to put his wife under there. And he is trying his best to find a cure, but nothing works. And then, you know, like the Heart of Ice episode, you know, it kind of plays out like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's not too far-fetched and... It can work, but it just depends how it works within the confines of this universe. And at the same time, I'm like, you know, the grounded aspect of a hero movie isn't too much of a bad thing because I'd say this, as I've told, and I saw this, and I'm, I'm about to tell you this, Chen, I did not like Daredevil season two. And I will tell you why. The reason why is because the, the, the season was too overcrowded with a lot of stuff because you had the daredevil story you had the punisher story and you had the story about the hand now the hand felt too out of place with right. what we've seen with the previous season where felt things felt more grounded and more believable and the thing that i enjoy about season three was that you got you got back to basics you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure and i agree with that and it felt very wonky at times. And I think that's the main reason why people didn't really gravitate towards Defenders. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Defenders had, had other, a lot of other issues too, but I, I get where you're coming from. But at the same yeah. time, for me, what I enjoy about a story is that I believe in it. I believe right. about this whole thing about corruption, gangsters, and, and all these things, especially what I enjoy most about Batman, the animated series is that you didn't have Batman face off against the, the the regular rogues gallery. You had him fight against gangsters, corrupt politicians, and, and corrupt members of the law and stuff like that. And it felt more believable to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I do think that, like, there is room for, for... And I think that Batman's a character that, you know, yes, he's more grounded, but he's also still a comic book character. Mm-hmm. And the, DC's shown that they can make it work, right? Like, like obviously Shazam and, and Suicide Squad have a very different feel to this movie. Mm-hmm, absolutely. 
But The Boys are still is a series that feels grimy and believable, even if it's very fantastical. I, I right? agree. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give you that. I'll give you that. So yeah. let's get into more. Um, it's not forced in humor. No. You know, as we the talked about it. humor felt very natural. It felt very natural. Like the whole thing with, with Batman said, some Thumb drive. drive. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had, uh, whatchamacallit, um, the Penguin, who was the comedic force of the movie, and Colin Farrell played that brilliantly, and I'm very excited to see the Penguin show and where that leads to. And it's not the usual MCU humor, it's humor that works, and yeah, it works yeah. very well. And I remember I sent you something, it was saying how the thing about Batman is that the thing that's funny about Batman is that he, t- he takes things so seriously, and yeah. that's where the, the comedy comes from. And I have to agree with what Panson has said about that. And it really goes to show that there's a lot of like stuff that he notices and that he's really like, he's a real Batman fan. Like the fact that he mentioned Batman Mask of the Phantasm is incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I want to see more of him. I'll be honest with you. I want to see more of Panson as, as, as Dark Knight. Um, it has good action. Yeah. The action isn't god tier level uh, as as in the Arkham games or in Batman v Superman. And yeah, and I do I do think that because of the way that the movie set up, it does feel a bit jarring when it does switch to the action. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fight scenes interspersed are fine, but when you finally get to the big action set piece at the end of the movie, it does feel a little bit. It it feels like you you you're watching a little bit of a different movie for a few minutes. I agree. I, I enjoy like the first fight scene where he's in the iceberg lounge and he's trying to find the penguin. Which I'll be honest with you, remind me of Arkham Origins a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And yeah. you know he's looking, and you have this really cool like tracking shot, and he's just walking all over the place, and the people are just like the bodyguard, the bouncers are trying to like. You know, and all that stuff. And what's interesting in that, what I also enjoyed is that Batman, in this one, he isn't the quote-unquote skilled fighter. You know what I mean? He 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 gets his ass kicked. And I enjoy yeah. that because it goes to show that Batman isn't indestructible. Like, he can mm-hmm. go toe-to-toe with the best of them, but at the same time, he's still flesh and blood. Yeah, yeah. he's still going to get bruised. Yeah. He's and he's still obviously food. very skilled like he's able to go toe-to-toe with selena and he's able mm. to he, he, you know he comes out of most fights you know on the he's definitely the one that's taking control and setting the the, the rhythm yeah and you and see that. that in the last scene where he gets shot point blank with a shotgun right yeah and you see that realistically how getting shot is like you know especially with a kevlar vet that shit's gonna hurt and you <laughs> see that especially in john wick where he had the bulletproof suits and everything it still hurts yeah, and you see that, and you kind of really see that there, there's something about it that feels more believable. Like, for yeah. example, right, Daredevil, uh, uh, the second episode of Daredevil, right, he gets his ass kicked in that second episode. But what's so in- what we enjoy about the ending of that episode when he beats, the, you have the whole tracking shot and he beats everybody up because it feels deserved. You know what I mean? And I feel yeah. that although it doesn't do the same thing it kind of works very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that should, with the interpretation we have now, should we get another villain that's going to be more physically challenging? You know, someone who can actually stand toe-to-toe with them instead of just, you know, mentally yeah, with, and, and at the with same, them? It would work. Yeah, I, I agree. And I do hope that we see a an evolution of the fight scene. Maybe the studio might be like Matt Reeves. Got to step up the action there. 
I know that you're not, it's not your thing, but you got to step it up. You know I will I mean? say, I did think the action in this one was better than in the Nolan verse. Yeah. I would say it's better filmed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more like wide shot. I would say that the sound editing didn't give off like bone crushing type thing. But for what it does, it works. And because this is a detective story, right? And it's a detective story and it takes itself very seriously. That's like the main thing. But I would say that hopefully for the next film, Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. you got to call up the guys who made the John Wick movies, man. <laughs> call them up. Call them up. Get the 8711 action guys. They'll help you with the action and all that yeah. stuff. There's a lot of people to do action really well. Even the Russo brothers really yeah. killed it. In yeah, all I the- agree. I agree. And obviously, it's a different style, but I, yeah, I agree. You know, I think of it as like, I didn't like the action in Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. But when you when we moved to Winter Soldier, different oh change, God, right? Yeah. So yeah, I do like hope that shift. I do hope that we have a change in the um, in the second movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this is a big one. This film humanizes Batman like no other Batman we have ever done before. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. ending scene. <sighs> Man. That was emotional. Yeah, me too. I, I, yeah. I, I felt it. I felt <laughs> it, I was with, it. With Michael Giacchino's score, which is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And you see him light the flare. And he's like going to the wreckage trying to help people. And he offers his hand, and the mayor elect is like, no. But you have the kid, and I was like, oh my god, yo. Yeah, yeah. The, the shot where he has the flare, and he le- he's leading the people kind of into the light, and you have that change. And, and then the, the following scene, he's in, the, he's in the sunlight, right? Yeah. It's dawn. He's telling the people out of the wreckage, and he's having that realization that, you know, he can't just be vengeance. He can't just be, Yeah, you know, he has to be more. He has to be a hero, right? And, and the then... ending where like he carries the, the woman and mm-hmm. he puts her on the gurney and stuff like that. And the woman's like, yo, I'm only I only feel safe with you. And yeah. you just see that moment of connection between Pattinson and that woman. And it was like, oh my. And yeah. it felt very yeah. earned, right? Like he had to earned. go through this trans- transformation through the Riddler, through Selena, through Gordon and, and kind of and reimagining and kind of uh, taking a look at his, his family's role, right? And the fact that they that his family's not perfect that they have an issue and that maybe you know just focusing only on avenging them isn't isn't enough because you know they're humans too and they were like they're not this this ideal uh that you know this impossible ideal to reach they were they were just regular people and so were the people he's trying to protect yeah i agree yeah. I, I agree i i concur with that that sentiment and um it, 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 it just really goes into what we discussed about when we were talking about Ben Affleck, right? And what people see about Batman is that he's a clenched fist, like headstrong and all that stuff. What this film has done and it does so well is that it opens his clenched fist into an open hand. And yep. it does that so well. And so it changes people's perception on Batman. And I, and I hope that this film does that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, well played. You, you've been setting that one up for a while, but well played. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you there. All right. So let's talk about Michael Giacchino's score. It was terrific. It was very tense. It was very, it was 
it wasn't um as overt as as kind of as Hans Zimmer and stuff thing. like stuff oh yeah but it was still it was it was very tense it was very it, was, it had a subtle touch at times um but no it was great it worked like very that. well and it was very emotional and i just enjoyed it and it reminded me a lot of batman the animated series and stuff like that yeah, yeah and absolutely. it was very melancholy especially with the bruce wayne scene playing through and it mm-hmm. worked very well and i really enjoyed it and i hope to hear more i do know that a lot of people didn't like the uh like the four notes like and all that stuff yeah but i do think that it was very batman though like yeah like it it screamed batman like yeah i don't know but i think that i remember michael giacchino was saying how with his spider-man with with tom holland movies the music matured matured through his movies you know what i mean it played like Mm -hmm. these simple like horns and and, like in, in homecoming then in Far From Home, it changed a bit more and it felt a bit more mature. And of course, we heard it in No Way Home where it's wholesome. You know, you feel like this hero mm-hmm. has grown into the hero that we all know. And I'm very yeah. interested in seeing how uh, Michael Giacchino is going to do with um, with this version of Spatman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I sure. think, yeah, I think he has a more subtle touch than some of the, the other composers. But yeah. I think that it, he builds an incredible amount of atmosphere. I and, agree. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Sorry. All right. Batman doesn't kill. Nope. Good. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> and this is for the first time. And you know what I also enjoyed is that it wasn't forced in. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. I th- I like too that they show the impact of his violence, right? The broken nose, the whatever. But he never goes too far, with one exception, you know, at the end of the movie, obviously. Yeah. But he he you know it's it's a uh, it's credible. It's and also he goes out of yeah. his way to, to make sure that Selena doesn't kill too, like on multiple occasions. Right? Yeah. Uh, not only with like Falcone, but also with like the cop guy. Yeah. Uh, I do think that it, we kind of still have the same issue that Brian we've had with some of the past movies where they really don't, they don't explore too much why that, that rule's important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But like for him, it's, it's, it's keeping Selena out of jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And... Sorry. No, 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 it's all good. But um, I just appreciate that they went out of its way. Like, he went out of his way to, like, make that known that that's one of his rules, you know? Yeah, and it worked very well. And I'm all the more happier for it. And I'm very excited to see where this, where this leads us and, and all these things. And another thing, and a good thing is that this film feels like an ensemble. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that constantly in a lot of Batman movies, is that the the um, the villains always take center stage? Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, and Batman and Robin, and stuff like that. But what I enjoy is that this this film felt like you have the villains, but they all serve a purpose towards helping Batman grow mm-hmm. as a character, and I enjoyed yeah. that very much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it felt like Bat, like like Bruce was the main focus for this one, right? Yeah. Like, like yes, you do get some point of view shots for other characters at times, especially the Riddler mm-hmm. uh, or his victims. But for the most part, you know, he's, he's they're all playing kind of a background role, kind of filling, making this world feel more believable, while mm-hmm. still staying staying firmly on the this is Bruce's point of view. And I think the narration adds to that, in a way. 
but it yeah. Worked, yeah yeah it worked very well and i really enjoyed that and i'm i'm, I'm, all, I'm all here for it and i do hope that um you know and and this really allows pattinson to really take center stage in this movie and really bust out his acting chops and i'm like his eyes were so piercing they, they could pierce through cement you know what oh, I mean? yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it, it worked very well and I do hope that when the film starts streaming on HBO Max um, on April 19th, I believe, people can take a moment to really capture that in like a lot of the nuance of Panson's yeah. performance. You know what I mean? And yeah. a good thing is that this film has a theme. It, it talks about the theme of vengeance and it works very well. Mm-hmm. You see that Pat Batman is, you know, using vengeance Riddler is using vengeance, Catwoman is using vengeance, and you also see that vengeance is not the issue, and that you have to be more, and, and there's this line that uh, that he says, and it's it's really powerful. I'm, I, I'm going to pull it up right now. Give me a minute. While you're pulling that up, um, Falcone also tries to use vengeance against Batman, trying to yeah. redirect him against Maroni, against, against the Penguin, yeah. against other people, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's- All right, so he said this, vengeance won't change the past, mine or anyone else's. Oh, yeah. mic drop. Mic drop, <laughs> and this is a, a very powerful moment, and I feel that this is, I, I believe, one of the most mo- motivational movies of 2022. Yeah, it's, it's a, such a dark movie, it had such a hopeful ending. Yes, um, and... It worked very well, and I, and I loved it, you know what I mean? Yeah, me too. And, sure. I, and I will say this, this film is an is an onion, <laughs> and this film has a lot of layers. And I noticed that upon second viewing. Now I think that this film has a lot of stuff in it that you're gonna have to really break down. And I've learned a lot of stuff thanks to new rock stars, Eric Voss, and stuff like that. Yeah, y'all yeah. follow new rock stars and stuff like that. Yeah, I watch them from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. So all his breakdowns are very insightful and very interesting. Now, the bad. As much as we enjoy this movie, we have a lot of issues with it. Would you agree? It's not perfect. And it's not perfect. And here's the thing. I can accept that for what it is. And I, I enjoy, like, I... Have a, the thing about this movie that this movie has lingered on my mind for so damn long and yeah. I was trying to figure out how I felt about it and the main thing that I realized is that this film can be compared to what's come before and I think that's where I had the issue with you can't compare it to what has come before and you have to allow this film to really give your own opinion on it you know what I yeah. mean and for me, at the same time, due to me being a fan, I also am open to have criticisms about this film. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I really, how can you say? I really felt like, how can you say? Um, that this film is very much like, it's what you make of it at the end of the yeah. day. And I think that's what's most important. I don't think that this film is better than The Dark Knight because for one, The Dark Knight is the second installment within a trilogy, that's number one. However, I would say that this film, for me, 
is better than Batman Begins. For yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And how, I agree. how do you feel about that, Ichen? I'm I'm with you there. I, I was I was trying to think of my criticisms for it too. And then I think that's something that the Batman that Dark Knight has over it. It's that the Dark Knight feels more complete. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is very streamlined. And you know, it's three hours. It has it's, there's a lot in it. But there's yeah. a lot of things that I I I, I thought to myself, oh, I would have liked to see this. I would have liked to see this. And I think that part of it is because it's the first movie in a, in a series, right? Um, and I think that a lot of it was intentional, right? That mm-hmm. we, we don't see, we, we see that uh, our Pattinson really is, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no, we don't really see the Bruce Wayne aspect of his life. We don't yeah, see Alfred a yeah. lot. Um, but, you know, I think that, and, and I, you know, there's a lot that I would have liked to see in that sense that we didn't get to, See, like the mayor character is barely character, even though she seems she's very thematically important as someone who's trying to bring hope to the city, uh, or, or you know, she's she's a, a change from what, what was there before. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and w- those aspects really aren't explored, and mm-hmm. and so I want to you know be giving and say that we can see that in the sequel or whatever, but I would have liked to see it here, um, yeah, I and agree. I think that the Dark Knight felt very complete as a movie we really get to see every aspect of his life we get to touch on kind of all of those things all the while fleshing out the city while fleshing out joker mm-hmm. and there's nothing that feels missing and mm-hmm. in this one there were times where i felt like there was mm-hmm. yeah yeah for, for me i think the main thing is just more bruce wayne is what i would have liked to see to feel like that the movie was a bit more complete i think that's something that like, i i understand why i wouldn't see it like movie being like almost like three hours right um so it's understandable and i understand like for like year two like the batman persona is all consuming for bruce right um he doesn't really want to be bruce wayne he's he just wants to be batman right mm-hmm. i get that but i feel like just to, for the character himself people for for maybe like more uh, people that are not as big fans as us right uh of the batman i think that's something that's gonna bother them right mm-hmm, yeah uh, i think that's, that's fair enough you know what i mean like yeah, they would have to see he like for like superhero movies you want to see like who's behind the mask like there's a human behind there but in this obviously like bruce is really awkward and all that but i would would have liked to see more like scenes with him with alfred yeah, but, yeah. you know yeah but at the same time i also felt that this film really worked on the idea of masks and identity you know what i mean yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I, it still worked. It's it still worked, but I just would have liked to see it like a bit more, just a mm. bit more here and there. You know? uh, okay, I, I understand. I understand. Um, now I'd say this: the film at times felt a bit too overstylized. Would you agree? Yeah, that's mm. see, the, the, one of the reasons why they, they they didn't get time to show a lot of these things because the shots are very long, right? Because they establish yeah. atmosphere and and style. And I don't know. Uh, I would probably agree with you i don't know if it's over stylized i think it works in its favor yeah but i do I think that because they spend so much time on style they they they, they have to cut elsewhere i agree yeah. I, I think that certain people were saying that certain shots dragged up for too long i i don't think so but i felt that there's an element of immersion to it i would also say a lot of the uh, set design felt a bit too stylized you know you know what i mean yeah and uh mm. you had um you know, like Wayne Tower, right? You had the, um, like, why would you put your kid in like the in an old like church room and stuff like that? And it looked pretty yeah. <laughs> like that. But but you know, but for what it is, it it, it's, it really worked. You know what I mean? And that's what I really have to give it. But this, but you know, I would say that 
you know, the only thing that for me should feel stylized is Wayne Manor. And, yeah. but Gotham City has, you know, has it's to perfect. feel, you know, it, yeah, Gotham. Gotham City is, is perfect, but do you guys think that it rained too much? <laughs> um, I didn't, it didn't bother me bit. when watching it. I didn't necessarily yeah. notice. Yeah. Uh, maybe like, Think about it now, maybe a bit, but I feel but like... it kind of worked for like the theme. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very noir staple, at, right? especially at the ending, where like you know you have the things in like a lot of uh, cities where you have so much rain, right? And then yeah. you have you know the water pressure, water is building up. You have this in New York City and certain parts in Texas and New Orleans and all that stuff, and you kind of see that, and you have this. How can you say things are like? It's like a snowball rolling, you know what I mean? You have something that's building and building, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and I think sure. it worked well, but at the same time, I would say it felt a bit too overstylized, and uh, you know, you know, it, it needed a bit yeah, more substance sure. there. You know what I mean? Here and there, a, a good balance between style and substance. Substance, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, sure. this is the big one: the ending, where we see the clown prince of crime. Oh yeah, so that felt forced. In my opinion, it felt forced. Yes, yeah, I think the scene. Too. I think it was a good scene. I just think it didn't fit. It 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 didn't need to be there. I it was agree. just yeah. it, it was fan service kind of or sequel bait or whatever. And you know, we could like Absolutely. see if this was one of those scenes where just leave it for an after credit because mm-hmm. I feel like having it in the movie it kind of it took me out for a sec. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I I don't have a problem with the actor at all as I've shown you a little clip of him. He's a really good actor. I remember first seeing that movie and it really put me onto this actor and has, uh, you know, put me onto him and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I, you know, the thing that, that's interesting is that Matt Reeves did not know that they were making the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie when he was right. writing the script. And the scene that was cut out of the movie, well, there is a scene where Batman goes to Arkham Asylum and he's looking to profile the Riddler. And he goes to the Joker in this kind of like Hannibal Lecter type way and have an understanding of like who yeah. the Riddler is. It would have worked, but still, do you need the Joker there? Yeah. No, like I feel like we've seen so much of the Joker. Like that's not something you want to bring out in the first one. Like I feel like people are like, we're getting too many Jokers right now. You mm-hmm. know, like I feel like get someone else, but not the Joker. Like I'm okay with it coming up like in the second or maybe like the third movie no third preferably third, third the third. third yeah preferably the third um but like for now like i didn't i didn't want to see him i wanted like to the see, only like, thing i think that the best tea that they could have gave given us was ace chemicals and that's it yeah or like if you're gonna do that like bring out zaz or like another like you know mm-hmm. i don't know just not the joker not the i joker. agree i agree yeah i, I, I concur yeah, I think that it, I think part of the placement in it too, if it was the last scene of the movie, it would have been one thing, but the mm-hmm. fact that it happens kind of like right in the middle, right? Like yeah. right before the ending, instead mm-hmm. of as opposed to ending on it, it felt like it just took me out just for a few seconds being like, oh, wait, oh, by the way, you know, we know you love the Joker. Here's the Joker. Like the scene itself was well executed. It was it, I, like, I liked the rendition of it. I thought that it was kind of creepy, but, charismatic. It was, it was. You know, what's interesting about it is that I remember Matt Reeves talking about, you know, his the look of the Joker was that he said that the Joker has what you call a congenial disease where he can't stop smiling. You know what I mean? Right. 
Mm. And his thing is that, you know, he kind of like he likened it to um, the 1929 film, The Man Who Laughed by Conrad Veidt. And that you had this really cool thing where like, you know, with very Hannibal Lecter and stuff like that, which worked, but at the same time, it doesn't work. Um, I am interested, however, of seeing quote unquote how he got there. Because it's yeah, obvious yeah. that he he had a run up with Batman and stuff like that, and he has a lot of scars on his face. And however, I am wondering, because Matt Reeves talked about the Telltale game and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you could say that Devil's Advocate, that's not the Joker, that is a proto version of the Joker. Yeah, trying Which- to come up. Yeah. Which, to be fair, in his defense, is also kind of how we see the Catwoman and Batman and Penguin and all that. They're not the yeah. ones that that um, that are there yet, right? Every every cinematic version has taken some liberties with with the character of the Joker. They're all different. None of them are fully comic accurate, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, like Heath Ledger was very different from the comics, mm-hmm. but it still worked. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and you know, I don't know if y'all knew this, but. Uh... His, his brother, Barry Keegan's brother, was got drunk on Facebook and actually posted that his brother was playing the Joker. And he had to take <laughs> it down immediately and stuff like that. Which, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we can call, I don't know if I'll talk to you about after that, but like, you know. Yeah, Tom Holland yeah. has competition now. Yes, it would seem. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, the third act, I feel that it dragged. Fair. Like yeah. it felt that, all right, you have Falcone who's being shot, who got shot, right? And then you have. I remember them. you, I remember you, uh, after like the first watching, um, you said that the third act was like, you don't understand like how why there was so much I agree, criticism. About I agree. The... I, I think that the third, I understand a bit more now people's yeah. issue with it because it kind of gave off an, impre- an, an impression that the story is done. But guess what? Mm-hmm. One hour left. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And we have to keep no, the story yeah. engaging and moving and stuff like that. And sure. for what it, it pulled off, it sort of worked. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling very immersed. But at the same time, do you think, do you think that the film should, have, should, be, should be done right now? You know what I mean? Like, I'm willing to sit down here because, you know, it's Batman by virtue of what it is. Yeah, I want to sit down for whatever it takes, but it, I think that they could have trimmed some things down between certain aspects. Um, this is something that, um, you know, I, I'm going to get on, but I felt that they should have cut certain scenes, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. No, um, I'm with you there, yeah. Um the third act it dragged because you kind of go a little bit more back and forth, back and forth between the Riddler's apartment and Arkham Asylum and the whole like third act ending, which is, you know, perfect was like Batman saving people cut out the yeah. Joker part, yeah, cut out the scene where Batman is in his living room, trying to like piece together the clues and he's looking at old files, old files, cut that out. Uh, oh. I don't know what else you could have cut out, but just certain aspects could have been cut out of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. And another part of it is is, is very um, somewhat not controversial, but like it, it made sense. And a lot of people have 
said that this film is basically Batman Begins 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. And, it, and, and you know, the quote was that it's the film is a fresh take on a story that's already been told. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I, I, you know, Batman Begins has a lot of scenes where um, it's really much like him training and him going through that origin mm-hmm. versus this is him being new at Batman. Like, mm-hmm. they... they they tread similar ideas, but I think they mm-hmm. execute them very differently, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you know, that's that's. I I think that they can co coexist. I agree. Yeah. They they can coexist, and I remember a YouTuber that I follow, um, and he had he was a big Batman fan, and he said that he had an issue with the film and that he was disappointed, and that he said that this film is basically. Can exist. He, he didn't like the movie. He didn't like the movie. Oh, interesting. He, I mean, he liked the movie. He really enjoyed it, but he just said he felt disappointed by it. And he said that the film was an in-between Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's her. And that yeah. it sort of felt like uh, you remember, y- y'all know Batman Gotham Knight, the anime. Yeah. Yep. It kind of exists in that manner. Right. And mm-hmm. at the same time as original and as interesting and as engaging this film is, I would also say that, not that it isn't, but there's just something about this film that's so different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just yeah, felt it so different. And, 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 you know, maybe it's because, maybe the, the, there's, need, the, ah, there's more viewing that's needed in order to have a deeper understanding about it. But at the same time, you also feel that, you know, with although Matt Reeves really did an incredible job, he kind of really put himself into that same trap of being a quote unquote Nolan ripoff. Yeah, uh, I get that. Yeah, I, th- I like obviously there are similars, there are similarities. And I think that the big one is that they both go for a, a more grounded kind of realistic Batman. But I think that I think that it feels very different than the Nolan films. Um, and I, like they have some similarities, a lot of surface level similarities. Like they both mm. kind of explore what the, the 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 dynamic of Gotham and and Batman's role in it. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's something that every that every Batman story does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like it felt it felt very different from Nolan movies when I was watching it, even if it had a lot of similarities. On the surface, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah. So no, I agree with that. Let's uh, let's keep going. Um, the marketing didn't help the movie too much. Do you, nope. you guys think that the film they they wasted all the good parts of the film with the action stuff like that? Not for me because what I was really looking towards uh, was the investigation aspect. Mm-hmm. So not for me. I like the enigma. And all of that, um, for yeah. me, no. But for sure, they tease some really good parts. Uh, when it comes to, like to the action scenes, maybe they spoil them all because um, mm-hmm. there's not much like, action. And yeah. the thing about it is that you you need those scenes in order to bring people in. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that for me, I, I didn't watch a lot of promotional material, so I'm not really in a position to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I, I you know, yeah. 
but I, to be like outside of seeing the trailers here and there, I didn't I didn't see all that much pop up on my yeah, feed. Or I agree. I I think that the studios need to really learn how to like do better marketing nowadays mm-hmm. when it comes to doing like trailers and stuff. I would agree that if they had dropped the first trailer and second trailer, that's it. Radio silence. You know about this whole movie. You have your posters. You have your you know promotional materials and stuff like that but overall i just felt that the the film needed just those two trailers call it radio silence that's it yeah Yeah. clip it post it around but you don't have to show more yeah Yeah, i I agree agree with that um the riddles at times or at least the investigation didn't feel too engaging would y'all agree uh i'd have to watch it a second time but for me yeah, I, didn't, I, have to, I, didn't I didn't have a problem that. with it yeah I didn't have it, a it's with not it. that I, I i'm hating on it because i feel that you know this is a detective batman right this is something that i've wanted for a long time you know what i mean right. mm-hmm. but the thing about it is that i felt that the riddles weren't well for one this goes hand in hand with the marketing right and a lot of the riddles we all heard from in the trailers you know what i mean if you are justice please do not lie. What's the price for your blind eye? Yeah. And a lot of mm-hmm. these stuff were kind of like wasted on the movies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel that because of that, it kind of diminished what we really liked about the movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you had the really cool Riddler cards. Mm-hmm. Do, you, yep. do you guys think that Batman should have read them out loud or do you think that we should have read them? They kind of do both, which is funny. Like yeah. <laughs> most of the time, they read them out loud, but there's one or twice, once or twice that they don't. And I thought it was like, oh, so which is it? Uh, yeah. um, I didn't mind them reading it out loud, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you guys knew this, but you know the website El Rada Alada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's an, it, yeah, it's an ARG. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real website, which was was a really good marketing promotion for the film. It really promoted a lot of the stuff for like you know you know, for the film and like you, ha- you had the Riddler, you had to answer all the riddles and he gave you certain stuff. I remember I sent you a, a photo of the Batman sketch mark, yeah, like the sketches mm-hmm. and everything. And it really worked well. And I remember people were like, oh, okay, that's what it is. And, and I checked up on that website again and there were these uh, alphabets that's a part of the Riddler's code, which were very interesting. Cool. And I'll just show you guys right now, just quickly. Oh, very nice. So if you go on the website from time to time, you have codes there and there's meant, and also there's one letter missing, J. Oh, of course. (laughs) As we all know, but anyways. But then again, Matt, you said that you know the deleted scene is going could be shown by the time the movie hits street is streaming, and that there is the uh, a web page. The web page is still loading, so they're showing us something. It could be that deleted scene. It could be something else. Right. But it could be teething towards something else, which we are we'll find out. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially if the sequel gets greenlit. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. something about it that makes that stops this film from being a masterpiece. What do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I think mm, I don't know. For 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 me, it would just be 
Um, possibly just the lack of Bruce Wayne scenes. Mm. Just a, I don't know, just for like the, just to sell it more for like the the Bruce Wayne character and like his progression throughout the story, right? To have a nice conclusion to it, right? You um, think the length has a, something to do with it? Because this is a well-made film. I'm not going to lie. This is yeah. a well-made film. Like, you can't... Yeah. I don't think so, because there's a lot of other very long movies that we call masterpieces, right? Like, yeah. like well, Dark Knight being one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the conclusion also, like, I, I feel like... It yeah, I agree. Something I mean, else from the conclusion. I think the, the Riddler, the, the Joker scene could have been cut. I really yeah. dug the scene between Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was really good. I, it reminded me of those old like '40s movies where like you have those two lovers, and yeah. they all have and they had to drift apart and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed how Batman's riding on the motorcycle and he's just looking back, and yeah. you know you really see him just like you know, oh, it was bad cycle, yeah. bad cycle, and trying to you know do his thing and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and there are parts of that I liked, but I I, I did feel a little bit long winded. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, this is like a well-made film from a filmmaking standpoint to story standpoint at times, but I don't know. Like maybe we need to gestate it a little bit more, yeah. and yeah. we'll have to really give it some thought in the um, in the time following. But overall, man, you at the end of the day, people were clapping at both showings, and this it was is a yeah, really well-made was, film. It was super good. It was like, super yeah. good. Like Matt Reeves really pulled it off from the naysayers, COVID, and all that stuff. He pulled it yeah. off. And the fact that it's up there in, in in the in the debate or in the discussion for best Batman Man movie of all times means something, right? Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, um, another one. Nitpick. Airbags in the Penguin's car. <laughs> there is no business. This man is not dead. Isn't dead? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that you should have had airbags. It could have made me more. It could have made it more a bit more believable. Yeah, I wonder why that was. Maybe it's because it's because of the prop or whatever. Maybe, um, but he needed airbags. Come on. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So the mayor elect security. There is no way that you you go to an election type thing without having security check up on all the um on all the rooftops you know yeah. what i mean for the riddler yeah. goons now you could say that maybe the riddler goons may have killed the security guards but i think that could have been too long to add on to the movie and stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. but i agree and i do think that not that i didn't want her to die i i, I want her to stay alive but she in a way should have because you know you have a bullet wound. You didn't. We didn't see a scene where anybody was like cauterizing it. Maybe Gordon did, or or anything like that. But it just felt very like. Yeah, and I think I think it was. It's a weird thing. Like in, in my opinion, in my opinion, like I said, we would have needed to see more of her to really get. Yeah, to I get agree. Invested, and I do hope time, that we see that character yeah. in, in a sequel, Bella Royale. Like I really, I really enjoyed her, and I think that she is one of those aspects that help. Bruce, how you know Bruce Wayne be that version that we need him to be? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. 
Yeah, so let's talk about the future of the so-called Badverse, as Matt Reed would call it. <laughs> so, the Penguin Show. Yep. Where do you think this this supposed to be? This is going to be a sequel to the Batman. So I don't know. What do y'all think? Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure what to expect. Yeah, like obviously it's going to be a crime drama. It's going to be shows rise to power. Um, yeah. But I mean, I I was in love with Colin Farrell's portrayal, so I'm all mm-hmm. on board. I'm not. So, oh, I'm ahead. not sure they actually like. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Like I I, I trust them, but like. A part of me doesn't want them to do it because I feel like it's not needed. It's another penguin show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, but it fits within a cinematic universe, so. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like if I really feel like it's not needed, but obviously I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna be excited for it. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they, they, one thing they did really well with this movie is they really set up that that like well Gotham City, you know, like the the yeah. corruption and everything. I don't feel like they need a TV show to, like, I get they want to explore more of the characters in that amazing, mm-hmm. like, crazy city, but um, I don't know. I feel like they set it up already so well in that I don't feel like they need a show to set it even more. No? I mean, you there's something very interesting because you could say that Penguin is trying to rise to, to grab the power, and mm-hmm. now that the district attorney, Gil Colson, has died, you could see that um, um, you know this this will this will require Gotham to get a new district attorney, Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. who maybe we might see. And this will have repercussions because now that Gil Colson has been exposed of being corrupt, this would put all of his investigations to be reviewed in jeopardy. In jeopardy. Right. Yeah. So Salvatore Moroni might come out of prison. And be like, hey, I'm reconsolidating power. You know what I mean? And who knows? Maybe yeah. you might have Penguin who might kill Salvatore Moroni or something like that. Yeah, I think that would be natural. Um, or, or I think he's supposed to be his mentor. Or is he Fal- Falcone's mentor? I forget. Falcone's the mentor and stuff. Like he's okay. he's like the main boss and everything. Right. Yeah. I think that I think that to, to kind of play off what you said, Mesa. Like. As much as I agree that you know, a show is not necessarily needed, I think that if it was going to happen in any Gotham, this is the one where I would want it to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. And I'm very interested. That they're saying that this film could be rated, that they could be uh, rated R. And we, as we all know, yeah, the show. And they're saying how, um, you know, one of the main things, you know what's funny? Colin Farrell wants to smoke a cigar on, on, the, on the movie. They told him no. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we might see him do that. I would like to to see him be the fully realized penguin. Mm-hmm. Have him maybe the top hat might be too much. Who knows? We have him with the assorted umbrella weapons and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the, with the sword and everything with the handgun and with the trigger on it. And mm-hmm. people don't wear monocles, but like in Arkham City, a bottle gets shoved on his in his eye. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Colin Farrell's interpretation is out there enough that I'm I I would I you know I'd buy into it if he wore a top hat and had a monocle. It seems like he's it's the kind of thing that he would do, you know. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see, we'll see if he does that. But overall, I'm very interested and I'm very excited. I know that some people are like based off of Colin Farrell and his his charm, his his eccentric energy when he was playing the Penguin. 
that was like the main takeaway from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm very interested in seeing like how it all works out and how Batman sort of works into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys want to see Batman or do you think Pattinson should make a cameo or do you, what, do, what do you guys Absolutely. Think? Yeah, yeah I, sure. I, I wouldn't mind. All right. Um, sure. yeah. Or would you rather see Penguin just go to war with some other mobster or something like that? Well, I, I want that too, obviously, but I would not hate if uh, I would actually like to see Batman at least once. Just make a cameo, just like, oh yeah, by the way, this is still my city. Or maybe you know. do you, would, would you rather see like a stand-in instead? Like, like you know, he's not there, but, you know, there's like an actor who's like wearing the suit and Panson might do some ADR. Maybe they might do that. I don't know, given yeah. how, how they did the Justice League in yeah. Peacemaker. Yeah. I think that as long as like his presence is still felt, I think it's fine, right? Because yeah, especially with the way the movie's set up, you need to still feel Batman's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As long as that's there, I you know whether he shows up in person or not, I don't really mind. Yeah. All right. Now another show. Well, here's what's interesting. I just saw an interview with Matt Reeves, and he said that the GCPD show no longer exists. It's now the Arkham Asylum show. Oh yeah. Yeah. And what do you guys think of it? The Arkham Asylum show. It's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, they, we did see in the I, movie I just that... I don't know what to expect, though. We did see in the movie that Martha, Martha is, is an Arkham, which is mm-hmm. something from Batman Earth 1. And it could explain a bit more about a mental illness and what she was going through and stuff like that and mm-hmm. how possibly that could be hereditary and you can see that in bruce wayne or that'd be interesting and you could pull a lot from grant morrison's serious house on serious earth and you could talk about amadeus arkham and the founding of the arkham asylum and stuff like that black mask and And all the other villains sort of fits within that world you could do something like one floor of the cuckoo's nest, or maybe Shutter Island. But what, yeah. what do you what do y'all think about it? Like, um... it's a, it, it's interesting, but again, I just don't know what they're gonna do with it, right? Um, or do, they we, could... potential... do we know if there's still gonna be a focus on the GCPD themselves in the Arkham show? I don't, or is I it don't really think just... so. I, I don't okay. think so. Maybe. I mean, I was thinking that it could be based off of Gotham Central because I really enjoyed that 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 like that story run. <laughs> it was really good. But the fact that it isn't, I'm not too mad about it because, you know, there's a lot of police procedural shows nowadays. And how do you make Gotham Central feel very different? And a lot of people had like criticisms about the show because it felt too on the nose of Gotham. Yeah. And I think that, you know, shows about like asylums and and, and stuff like that, I think that they've been shown that they can work, right, between between Legion, who is very a very much a superhero show that deals with like, a more psychological kind of aspect, mm-hmm. and I assume Moon Knight's going to deal with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it can work. Um, but yeah, I'm, my mind's open. I, I, I'm more excited for Penguin than for that show, because to me it feels like it's probably going to be a show that sets up a lot of the villains for Batman, and you know, whichever ones we yeah. see in the show, I'm scared we won't see fully realized in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a, it's kind of a, oh, yes, I, I'll watch to see which villain I'm not going to see. But mm. I have, you know, I believe in it. Do, how much, do you know how much Matt Reeves is, uh, 
involved in those? I mean, he's a producer on it, so he's basically okay. Kevin Feige of the Batman Cinematic Universe, as I like to call it, okay. which works good. very well. Um, and I'm very interested in seeing how it all plays out. And who, and I'm trying to figure out, this feels like could be an endgame type situation. I don't know what type of big thing Matt Reeves could pull. Either it could be Court of Owls or borrow certain elements from Batman Eternal or yeah. I have no idea. They yep. could go a lot of different ways with it. I think that the important takeaway for me at least is I have faith in, in his ideas in his direction. Like yeah. I always know he's good but at least I have faith in what he's doing with the Batman. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, uh, and we as we all said that we, we felt very different than how he felt six years ago when we went to go see BVS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely all right so all let's talk about, all right so let's talk about the sequel the, the batman 2 if it's get it's if it gets greenlit yeah where do you guys think the sequel goes do you think there's going to be a time jump or just pick up right after where the movie left off i think i think um, time jump for sure yeah for sure um one thing i don't want them to lose in the sequel is the detective aspect I absolutely like absolutely i think like, that they can't do that. Like, they can't do that. I think that, you know, we see him as a detective, keep it detective focused and all that stuff. I would agree that as this Batman has matured in a time jump, make the action seems more better, I guess. They, they're mm-hmm. good in this movie, but let's say that this Batman has honed his skills more perfectly. Like there's yeah. a, some, something more like methodology. There's more like methodology like he is a bit more like a ruthless street fighter, but more like cunning, silent ninja warrior. You know what I mean? Sure. Would you, sure, you, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And what types of villains would you like to see for a sequel? Well, as we all know, we don't want the Joker. <laughs> they did I... mention someone named Edward Elliot. Okay. Edward Elliot. <laughs> You, you guys that, know where I'm getting at? Yeah, Tommy Elliot. Elliot. So yeah, Edward yeah. Elliot is... I think Hush would work. So I, yeah, Edward Hush. Elliot is the name of the reporter who was going to give out the information about Martha, Martha Wayne's illness. Right. Mental illness and stuff like that. And oh. who got killed by, you know, Thomas Wayne because of, you know, what he asked Carmine Falcone yeah. to do and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is you could say that he had a son who is, you Tommy. know, Tommy, Tommy Elliot. And you also yeah. have the story about the orphanage and the kids where, um, you know. Where Riddler grew up. I, I thought they were, they were teasing that, that, uh, that Riddler, that, you know, Elliot was, was Riddler's dad. Or yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah, one thing was... that I'm also interested in, in figuring out are, are what are drop heads? Yeah, we see yeah. Drophead, but they never properly explained it. I mean, I know that they put it in their eyes, but what is it? What do they do? And I understand that for a PG thirteen movie, they can't show that. But I'm interested yeah. to figure out what they are. Yeah. Tell me more about the drugs, man. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that the, the, that that side of the story being explored would be dope. I think I think there's a lot about the villains that can work. You know, I I think a Bane in this storyline where it's more on the the drug aspect of it could be really cool yeah. i'm almost i'm also thinking like a, a more of a recent villain from from scott snyder's run but like mr bloom 
who's someone who goes to underprivileged people and gives them powers. I'm not saying directly like that, but um, would would be a cool cool kind of mm-hmm. addition. I know Reeves has talked about. He talked about Mr. Freeze. He talked about Clayface, which I uh, you know Calendar I, Man and stuff like that. Yeah, which I would like to see. But the problem problem with me for Calendar Man at least is that again he's very similar to the to Riddler, Riddler. In, yeah. in the gimmick and all that. Um, mm. I'm open to it. I just I just don't want something that that treads familiar ground. I want to see something different. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. And I, I agree. And I, I do think that this the sequel could go like a million different ways. And let's be honest, we're all here for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The only two people, yeah. the only two villains I don't want to see are Joker Riddler and Two Face. Are uh, yeah, that would be two on the nose of the dark. And, and who? Yeah. Sorry. And Joker Two Face. And- Two-Face, because okay. we've already had a movie about the, the corruption of police, which I, yeah. I feel like it, we'd just be going over that again. I feel like yeah. those two are the only two villains I don't want for the sequel, because I want something different. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I agree. Makes sense. Uh, all right, then. So let's talk about the ranking. How much are we re-rank these movies? Um, I rank this film in 8.3 out of 10. I know the three might be a little bit off, but I really yeah. enjoyed this film because it felt like a wholesome Batman story. Which, yep. you know, I remember I was looking at all my rankings for Batman movies and stuff like that. And I said that, you know, I gave Dark Knight an 8.5 out of 10 because of reasons and stuff like that. But overall, pretty solid film. And although this film doesn't deliver on that, but it gives you something like really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would give it uh, like a 8.7 or yeah, 8.7 out of 10, I mm. think. Um, maybe it, it might go down after a se- second watching, but um, but for now, like thinking about it, I really like as much like when I talk about the movie, I just realize how much I like it. Um, and it went completely in the, the direction that I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, 8.7. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I'm, I'm a little bit more simple in my ratings. I'll give it a nine. Um, I think that it's, I haven't seen a, a movie that's like stayed with me in, in the same way or that I enjoyed so much. Like watching the movie, I was, I was so into it and I was having so much fun like the entire time i really only after like coming out of it and really looking for first things to criticize that I, I could kind of find things that i didn't like and i think that for me like while i see the flaws i think they're all flaws i can excuse because a lot of them feel like they're yeah. they're either things they didn't have control over or things that felt like in, in some ways they they added something while you know they weren't perfect they also added mm-hmm. something to the movie um so yeah i'm a big fan yeah, I agree. This is a, overall, this is like a really like, it's a good film. It's not great, but I think it's good for what it is. And I think that it's unfair for us to really compare it to The Dark Knight and stuff like that. And I think that, yeah. you know, the discourse online is very, it's pointed at the right direction, but at the same time, it isn't. Mm-hmm. But overall, this is a really good film. And I think I just got a, a friend a text from uh, someone that I worked with at uh, at Loblaws, and, and and they said that this is one of the best films of twenty twenty two. Oh, easily. Yes, yeah. and yeah, if it gets any 
uh, love from from the award season, I would think that it should get for best cinematography, mm-hmm. uh, possibly best direction. I know that Matt Reeves isn't one of the uh, big Hollywood names like Christopher Nolan or Denis Villeneuve, but I think that he, based on this film, he deserves that recognition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, there's a, and sure. there's a number of of, of actors or, whose performance are. Are Very, definitely worthy of awards yeah. in this movie. Yeah, Paul Dano, Robert Panson, Robert Panson. Oh my God! You know the eye movements and everything, and, and the interrogation scene. I would say this maybe this all right, compared to the interrogation scene in The Dark Knight and the interrogation scene in in, in the Batman. I would give mm-hmm. it to. I think I might give it to Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this oh, was yeah. better. And you had like oh, yeah. mind games like to a whole nother level. And you know what's very interesting? I think Riddler might know that Batman is Bruce Wayne, but he's just toying with him. That's fair. I, I personally don't, but I can see why it was you would because think that. you had yeah. the whole I think that's bomb a fair thing. Conclusion. You had the whole bomb thing and everything. And I'm willing to bet that Matt Reeves bore certain elements from Batman Hush. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that he knows, but he's not going to tell anybody, nor will he tell Batman. Well, but maybe it doesn't make sense that way, but like, I'm sure that he's very methodical in the way that he's doing it. But I also yeah. feel that with the Joker, when you add the Joker in it, the Joker is like, um, which McCall, he doesn't care who Batman is. And I- the moment that he exposes Batman's true identity, it's 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 like it's lights out for Riddler. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that for me, like I think that the Riddler will never won't be able to figure it out because he does he can't he doesn't want to, right? Batman is someone he looks up to and he wants to be like, right? While Bruce Wayne is everything that he hates, mm-hmm. someone who's like him, but but you know was I guess luckier and had yeah. a, uh, and someone who is who he's envious of, right? Yeah, and I think that that's why he can't see it. I do think that it's very obvious in this movie that Bruce Wayne is Batman. You know. If you meet Bruce Wayne in real life, you you would think that oh, there's something weird with this guy. Yeah, like, you'd easily see him being Batman. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. And but I think overall, that that's yeah. I think that him his identity being exposed is probably something we'll see somewhere down the line. But yeah, I don't think yeah. that Riddler himself knows it yet. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he might I figure agree. it out pretty fast. But yeah, I agree. But overall, an awesome movie. Congrats to Matt yeah. Reeves, the entire cast. They had to work through COVID and tough times. And, you know, especially in like late 2020 and early 2021, you had a lot of like shitty things going on in the world and they managed to pull it through and, and it's, it's, it's to be commended. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For so sure. this is, of course, our thoughts on the Batman. We really enjoyed it. One of the best films of 2022, in my opinion, and an awesome film. And I hope to see it again when it comes out in streaming and, and we'll go, of course, you know, my son, we're going to see it again and, and all that stuff. So, of course, if y'all have any thoughts, comments, and stuff like that, things we missed, be sure to let us know. This is, of course, Brian from BCM Reviews. And these are the bourgeois, I like to call them. And we'll catch y'all <laughs> next time. <laughs>